Hello, my friends, and welcome to this week's New World Kirtan podcast. It's Wednesday, March 4th, 2015. I'm Kitsy Stern, and our show is produced as an act of love and service to the worldwide Kirtan community. It's also an audio journal of my spiritual journey through the practice of singing and playing Kirtan. Well, my bags are packed, and I leave early tomorrow morning for Atlanta, Georgia, and Chantlanta. There are so many dear people in the Atlanta Kirtan community, friends old and new, and I can't wait to be there and be immersed in that loving atmosphere. We'll be live streaming the festival with audio and video, so tune in to the New World Kirtan homepage to see all the great bands that we'll be playing. The lineup includes Blue Spirit Wheel and Hugh Dost. The fabulous band that does Sufi chanting is headlining. We'll also be doing live updates throughout the weekend from the festival on Soul Traveler Radio, and that's always lots of fun. This week's podcast is a rerun of an interview I did around this time last year with Dave Stringer and Donna DeLore about their new release, Elixir, based on the Radiant Sutras. When the interview originally aired, it was thought the CD release was imminent. As it was, the release was delayed for a year. So this is really a remarkable piece of music. You don't want to miss it. Next time from Chantlana, my friends, I hope you'll join us for the fun. Until then, namaste. So Dave and Donna, thank you so much for being on the show today. This, uh, I, I'm really interested to talk to you about the Radiant Sutras. Yeah, it's great to be here. We're sitting in my at my dining room table in Topanga Canyon. Great. Oh. Talking to you, and we and really, really love the recordings that we're making. Too. Yeah, we're really inspired, and and um, this is just a, a start for us. We feel you know a lot of songs to come out of this. So, well, you uh-huh. know, um, I was reading the material that you sent me. One hundred and twelve gateways to the yoga of wonder and delight. That's that's on the front page. And um, uh, tell me a little bit about the origin of the sutras. Where do they come from? The sutras are an old tantric text called the Vijnana Bhairava. And uh, Lauren Roche, our dear friend, has spent 20 years of his life translating them into an accessible English. I've read previous translations of it, and you need a translation of the translation. And isn't he getting up in the wee hours of the morning? He's up at 3 a.m. And meditating on these... To, to get the right. so the translation right and he's also a surfer it. dude so he he oh, that's cool. like he surfs <laughs> as part of his process mm. of translating it's really he's quite a beautiful really cool guy he really is in his own space and hanging out with him he's full of, of joy it's, it's very educational and this guy can go off on one sanskrit word for 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> i think we, we all have that in common i mean we're yeah. really into of course the vibration of the word and right. the meaning and there's you know, I feel like this is just a start for us to go. This is how Absolutely. I feel about doing Sanskrit, yeah. chanting Sanskrit mantras. And what's interesting about it is that these sutras are like kind of tightly coiled DNA. There's not actually mm. very many words, and they all come from like these four, four line, you know, sutras. Mm. But when you start to unpack it, all this joy unfolds. They're really directives about how to find joy and contentment and connection within you know, everyday things. And so to translate them ultimately into an accessible English and then to make songs out of them, it's hard to say the sutras themselves have an intention, but if they do, I get this feeling that, that this ancient Sanskrit text wanted us to do it. It just, it flowed so easily. And with the music, also the dynamics and the mood is capturing the mood of the senses. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's playful and it's fun. We had a blast writing these. Oh, I bet. 
And we I could, bet. yeah, we could just, we were saying we should challenge ourselves to just get together every day and every day we'll write a different one. Right. And it was pretty much like that. Our it schedules was. are so busy. Right. We, we had a moment when we could get everybody together in the studio to do the last two pieces we recorded, Dancing Ground, and go there. And we had one day, actually, no, about three hours to write each one. Because <laughs> by the time I got, I fought traffic, got to Dave's house. Like, okay, now we got two and a okay, half hours. I have to get the kids at two o'clock. So I've got two and a half hours. Let's bust this out. And Dave would have his, his uh, mountain dulcimer yeah. going and the right. drone is going. And right. I'll just paint a picture for you. And he's got yeah. these changes. Okay, Donna, I got these changes. And I jump on the piano right there. Okay, we can't, we, we can't talk. We just start writing. And right. I start writing like a some progression with that. Right. And we're like, okay, we got the chorus. Right. Okay. Da, 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 da. And then we leave, but it's not even done because I got to go pick up my kids. Right. And, and I said, well, I'll just work on it tonight. I'll, I'll go over some more chorus yeah. and everything. And so when we came in really basically to the session. Right. With a great band. With a great band. <laughs> and I'm saying to Dave, I'm like, do we have to really do this this fast? Yes, we do. And he's like, I'm going on tour. We got to get this done. We're busy. And I said, and he goes, don't worry. Well, we got a great band. We're going to just write it there. Right. Yeah, and the thing is that what we've done prior to recording these things are suture jams in which uh, people are invited to come up and read this poetry really over great. grooves that we and band are improvising. And what we would do is take little motives, a few words, and start looping it and making choruses and effectively chants in English out of it. And those things happen in the moment. It's a very spontaneous process. So to write this way was really coherent with with the way we encountered and discovered the sutras in the first place. But I I loved that when we, when the first time I did that as well, and I and I thought, well, when we do our live show, we we were talking about incorporating that in. Oh, for sure. One person getting up from the audience and yeah. jamming with us, right. picking the sutra they want to yeah. sing. Oh, man, you know, I imagine that that process that you're describing allowed you to enter into um, what the sutras are all about, which is, you know, uh, he, he makes the point in the preface that um, uh, meditation, with meditation, you are encouraged to withdraw and sit, you know, with, uh, with what it, it, yourself, you know, and, and be, be in the present moment, but you're not interacting. And what is so cool about the sutras that I, I'm finding is that they call you to be in every sensual encounter in your day and use that as a divine experience. Yeah. Um, and that is so profound because it brings the spiritual into everyday life. You can be, you can be into the, the sensuousness of folding the laundry. Do you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Full folding the laundry. Exactly. Well, that's Thich yeah. Nhat Hanh, who I love so much. <laughs> My great teachers talks about that. The mindfulness of everything you're doing is a is a joyful and and sensual and every kind of act. You know, whether it's yeah, folding laundry or making a cup of tea. Right. And, yeah. and the result is ultimately a complete dissolution of the barrier between like the ordinary and the extraordinary, the the sacred and the everyday, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. 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 And I the suture jams must have just brought that even more into the present moment because you're reacting to the to the music and to the to the sanskrit and to the to the whole you know the thing of the sutra in the moment that must have been really remarkable are you going to continue doing that when you, oh, when you go on a tour with this 
You bet. <laughs> well, this is, yeah. I mean, that's what, you know, it's for me playing live and it's this, what I love the most is the interaction with the audience. So I love the, um, the jams and spontaneity. That's my favorite part. I love it too. It's like the jam after the song. Right. And, and if you think about it, I mean, Kirtan also is using an audience response. Part of yeah. what we're working with is the inherent intelligence that's present in everybody, the inherent creativity in musicality. Um, so when, we, when we're singing Kirtan, we're already engaged in an interaction. Now, if we do um, uh, put together an evening, which, for example, has a Kirtan, and then we give way to the sutras, we might sing a few, but then we'll probably invite people up yeah. to also rock some kirtans with us. So it's really an evening of, of, of interactive song and poetry, you know? And the poetry is so beautiful because everyone has their own interpretation. Someone will pick a sutra to jam on, right? They come out of the audience. They say, I want to, I, I, I picked this one. They can be, they can do the whole thing. They get to choose what they want to say. They can, right. they could jam on the Sanskrit. They could jam on the English. They could take one line and they, people will do that. There'll be one line from the sutra that resonates and they'll just get into it and see, over and over. And right. everyone, we just go with them. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's up to them. Right. Wow. But we'll listen to stuff and we'll grab something and repeat it, you know? So it's, yeah. there is a little bit of a real time um, composition happening mm -hmm. with us in that we're being thrown something, somebody's particular attitude with a particular sutra, or they'll sing something and then we respond to it. But it's, it's a creative process that is right there well, with and in front of a, an audience. Right. And we'll hold on to something. We'll build it up more and make it more right. of like a, and you know, whether it maybe more of like a chorus and then we'll yeah. break it down and, and yeah. make it more dynamic. Exactly. That's a lot of fun. Exactly. Are you going to be doing any of this at the Denver Chant Fest? We're going to do a couple of the sutra songs at the um, at the Denver Chant Fest. I mean, we're not we're still in mixes. You know, the, yeah. the record's not completely finished yet, um, and uh, we will have a download of one track that's finished, so people can you know get a sense of where we're coming from. Um, yeah, we'll probably invite some people to come up, and we'll do a sutra jam. Let's at see. The yeah, we'll yeah. keep that. Yeah, it'll be fun. How, how much? Do we have? <laughs> I think we got a couple hours. A couple we, hours. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it'll be great. Um, so we're, you know, really the tour for this <laughs> is is some time away because the book of Lauren's um, translations isn't really being released uh, by Sounds True till August. So what we're going to do is start releasing some of the tracks ahead of that. Um, but in the way these things work with commercial releases, sometimes you need a long lead time. So we'll probably do a full tour in uh, spring of 2015, um, which will, will fully um, uh, present these. But in the meantime, at places like Denver Chant Festival and Shakti Fest, we may do you know, some trials to try and you know, figure out how this is all going to work. Yeah, that should be really interesting. That should be interesting. The the Denver Chant Fest is such uh, an it, well, it's it it it's it's enclosed, but it's um, an intimate experience, much much more intimate than um, than say an, a large outside festival. And yeah. um, it, it would be interesting, especially in that Masonic Temple in that room up there. You know, I mean, wow, it's such a cool place to have the festival. But you know, to, to room, yeah. this is my yeah. first time going oh, to that festival. Right. I, usually, I was there I last play... year. It's a beautiful theater. 
I'm really excited to be yeah. there. Also, you know, the, the Denver Boulder community is super juicy. There's a lot of Kirtan bands oh, there. And it's a real oh. center of um, well, it's, of it's this kind of stuff. And community, yeah. White Swan is based there. Sounds, Sounds True is based there. It's, oh, I didn't realize Sounds True was there too, huh? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's really a hub of 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 activity there's and creativity. A, it's just a great, yeah, there's great, some there's some cultural aspects place. of Colorado which have made it an interesting laboratory of, you know, experimental ideas. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> there's there's some political and cultural <laughs> aspects of that too. So. Yeah. A couple of <laughs> couple of cultural aspects that are that are interesting to watch <laughs> in Colorado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but uh but yeah uh it's an interesting community and last year um everybody came out out. Uh, it was it was really a beautiful festival. I'm so looking forward to it this year. And um, anyway, if you're going to be doing the sutra material, that's that's another reason to be to be really looking forward to it. Yeah. You know, before we uh, we started, I was talking about um, how one of the, well, I'll back up in in uh, the uh, the introduction that Shiva Ray uh, wrote to the. I'm assuming it's the book. Um, she writes that. When you encounter a sutra that makes you vibrate, that, that, that sets you, you can feel the vibration in your body, then you know you're, you're where they want you to go with it, you know? And um, consistently, the one that does that for me is called dark chocolate. Um, and I, I guess it's not surprising because I'm, I'm such a foodie, but um, maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But whenever I hear that, it brings me to tears. I'm, I'm not really sure why, and um, but maybe it's what Shiva was talking about in the introduction that you you it, they bring you to the edge of a waterfall, and when you get that vibration, you know you've dived in. Um, that's how she describes it, and I just thought that was so. I mean, dark chocolate talks about the sun and the moon and the earth dance together to bring you this delight. And it's talking about a ripe apricot that you can bite into. How many times do we drink a glass of wine or eat and not even aware, yeah. you know, that receive the nectar on your tongue as a kiss of the divine. I mean, how beautiful so is that? Beautiful. It's right. so beautiful. I got to say that this whole process, you know, we, as songwriters, we always get together and we work on the music and the words. But mm-hmm. this time, it also flowed so easily because right. the words were already there. Yeah. You just had to fill in the music and capture the mood and the, the feelings that were already there in the, right. in the lyrics and in the poetry. Right. So. And, but it was interesting to take a songwriter's approach to it, too, to identify, mm-hmm. you know, words and say, this is a chorus, you know. This or, needs to be spoken. This needs to be spoken. Yeah. This, this needs to be sung. Right. Yeah, like. Yeah. Devotion is divine. Raise your glass, close your eyes, toast the universe. You know, and like that yeah. line goes, we're going to say that again, uh, yeah. and then we're going to say it again, right. and that's the line that we want to keep saying it again because we have this visualization of exactly holding up our glasses, exactly with the world, of course. Right. And you know I, that line particularly, I love because you know sometimes the yoga world can be so. Um, Oh, I'm not eating that. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. You know, mm-hmm. there's this kind of refusal. Right. You know, right. and in the the tantra world, in some ways, is so affirmative. They're like, if you're drinking a glass of wine, drink it. 
appreciated, you mm-hmm. know? And the like, quality and, of right. food, the quality of life, right. the quality of Whatever drink. it is, whatever yeah, it is that you're doing, it. do it consciously. Don't be attached, but be aware of what you're doing and savor the essence of it. So good. my first introduction to Tantra. I mean, I've heard a lot about it, and um, I think there are some misconceptions about Tantra. Um, but this was my first experience with what it really encompasses. And it, it, it was it's just opened up, for me, a, a doorway into another way of being spiritual, one that I can take into my life and that doesn't necessarily mean me sitting on a mat and chanting or meditating or whatever. But, you know, you can bring it out into the wider world and um, and just be aware of that divine presence in everything that you do. And um, is there one that resonates with you that way, the both of you? What, what Do you have a favorite? I love, I mean, I love Wildly <laughs> Devoted because I love, okay, yeah. I love that place where Dave and I can get with our voices and I want people to hear that. There's that, a beautiful softness to that one. But yeah. the resonance of our voices together. You right. can really hear it right. in us holding out our long notes Passion, compassion, just the, the holding breathing. and letting go. The breathing of that. Food. This ache in your heart is holy. is holy. Yes, that one like, kills that me. Blows my mind every time. Or actually, just it breaks me apart. Is holy. It 
It's so beautiful. It's so gorgeous. Yeah. But of course, the things, the thing that's the favorite is always often like the one you just did. Yeah. There's this one that we just did that goes like, this space is bad. Yes. Space is good. (laughs) The ride is rough. The going is smooth. You know, beloved soulmate, find the space in the center. And it's just, there's a playfulness to it that that I really like. And in this ripping sort of Bhangra groove, you know, it's so good. And you know, so long ago, that was one that I said, dancing ground for right. me being coming from a dancing background to anything right. that says dancing and, right, and right. ground and center is a dancing ground. I was like, we have to do that one. I want to do that one. That's on the list. <laughs> right. And then I didn't really push it. And then this last round, Dave came and he's like, this is one of them. We're going to, we have to do this. We one. have to do this one. Yeah. So we were both on the same page. I didn't have to like bring that up again yeah. and insist on it, which yeah. was nice. You know, it's funny if you have to break down like who did what, it's like a experience of finishing each other's sentences, you know, where like Donna and I can both propose things or we're either proposing an idea or functioning as an editor, which means sort of like recognizing. So mm-hmm. she'll do something and I'll be like, no, 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 that, 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 do that yeah, again. Yeah. Or I'll do the same thing. I'll play some little change on a guitar, a dulcimer or whatever. She's like, no, that, stop right there. That's what I really feel. And so we learn to trust each other's, you know, uh, we, we learn to just let something arise without trying to judge it and then let the other person kind of make the judgment about what's good and what's not good. And when we trade places back and forth like that, it works really well. Raise your glass, close your eyes, toast the not an easy balance sometimes with people who are working, you know, creatively together. It sounds as though you, you both really resonate with the material and, and it made it easy to do, uh, easier to do a, an artistic collaboration. Uh, it's a dance, though, because, of course, everybody can be inherently attached to their ideas. But what we're trying to do is open up a space of wisdom that's sort of beyond each yeah, one of us. What's really important and what I had to realize every time I do collaborate with someone is that this is not just me and this is not Dave. I mean, it's us together and that's going to be something different. Mm -hmm. And you have, there's a letting go there. And even certain ways that we sing out with our voices, I wouldn't maybe do that on my records, you know? And I have to, at first I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking this is my, you know, this is my thing. And there was a letting go of like, no, it's not. It's us together. We have to meet in the middle. Exactly. It's an atmosphere that is a result of our combustion of individual elements. And then we also have the sutras and we have the poetry that also comes into the mix. 
So what's going to serve that the best? And I mean, I would love to write a hundred more of these. Oh my God. I could just keep going. And there's 112 of them. I mean, this could turn out into be this like massive project. I mean, Don and I would love to do them all. Who knows whether that's going to happen, but I know like CC white wants to do some, I think Steve gold has said he wants to do some, it could be that, you know, the sutras will ultimately all get recorded, but you know, all 112 of them, but by all these different singers, maybe Mm -hmm. we've just, you know, pushed the pushed the rock to, that started the avalanche. I don't know. His house for that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, the more people that are exposed to it, the better, because it's um, it's it, 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 uh, Shiva Ray again in the in the intro said that you know that she's seen people's lives transformed by reading these sutras, and and you know, I mean, you find one that you resonate with, and it's like a doorway. It really. Totally. And there's a thousand versions that are possible, too. I was worried when we started composing things that forever now a sutra would go this way, you know. Mm -hmm. But I've had some experiences with sutra jams subsequently where, no, it can be a thousand different ways. And someone can get up and do something. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you could do it like that. Yeah. (laughs) That's going to be pretty fascinating to see. I another one that I loved was um, was flooded with joy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Flooded with joy, um, which is the experience that I have lots of times, and I'm sure many people have lots of times when you're singing kirtan. Um, you're just flooded with this joy that, um, that that we don't get to experience a lot, you know. But with kirtan, it seems to be consistent with me anyway that I can hear it, you know. I can feel it. For sure. And, I mean, this actually touches on a, a, an interesting place. Kirtan is... is in Sanskrit, which is a language nobody really speaks. And what it does is it transports us all into a joyful place that's beyond words. And people have asked many times, well, could we do kirtan in English? And I've responded to say, well, we could, but now there's an aboutness to it that like that I felt kind of limits it. And like for us to sing, we are one would just sound like some kind of new age, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. group or something. And it, maybe it's just a style thing. Somebody might really love that for me. I'd be like, no, can we sing Om instead? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but somehow to sing flooded with joy seems so affirmative, you know, mm-hmm. like there's, there's loops in these things you know, whether it's like, go there, you know what you love, go there. Oh, that's another one. Yeah. Flood with joy or, you know, so good. You know, these are like mantric in a way that you can repeat it and and still make that move beyond your mind. And I'm really excited to do these live where we are, you know, doing the kirtan, where we're doing RP, you know, we can go back and forth and do. Yeah. Do our mantras that people know us singing individually and do this together and support each other and then do this as well because it's a it just sparks a different creativity in people from chanting kirtan and the way we do it a lot of people walk away saying i'm a singer you just gave me the idea i mean i want to sing this i want to sing mantra Mm. and and you know these positive lyrics and everything that you guys are putting it out there and it's just even more inspiration. So totally. that's the spirit of the whole thing. It's funny. Like people ask for a description, like, well, what is this show that we're putting together? And it's, it's ancient in the sense that the origin of these mantras is very old, but it's also modern in the sense that it's participatory. You know, we're including <laughs> the audience in, in, in the expression and creativity itself. 
yes, there's songs that you listen to, but there's other things where you participate in terms of singing back, but there's an even deeper level of participation, which you get up on stage with a microphone <laughs> and like read the sutra however you want. This talk of purity and impurity, these are just opinions. Beyond them are the astonishing energies of creation. It's it's cool though, you know it, what you were saying about Sanskrit. Um, I uh, I spent a lot of time uh, at, when I was younger in the Catholic Church, and it was still when um, Latin was used. And uh, so beautiful. It is. It is. It's so beautiful, and you can and it removes you from the ordinary everyday use of language that has got all kinds of ramifications attached to it, um, and. Um, Sanskrit is really beautiful that way. Latin is really beautiful that way. But I, I agree with you about the English words that are used in these sutras. Um, you know, there, there are so many things that are meaningful, but you don't get attached, I, I guess. Does that make sense? And also, um, it's like as people become more versed in in, in, in Kirtan, and, um, and it leads them to study things like the Bhagavad Gita um, or, you know, chanting the Hanuman Chalisa, getting deeper into the practices. Um, this seems like a natural extension of that, uh, introducing people to an even deeper world that exists that maybe we're only just starting to discover 
um, of this this world that Kirtan has led us to. Yeah, and we're all it it goes along with our um, us all being aware of this. You know, it's a higher quality of life. We can we have access to food that tastes better now. We can also make it taste better just can, by the way we approach it. Yes, absolutely. What it's affirming is that you can transform your experience of your life. Like you can make it a beautiful, meaningful thing by right. starting with what's right in front of you. It's not like mm -hmm. you have to go to a yoga class or go to this festival or sign up with this particular teacher in a very mm -hmm. practical, everyday way. It's as observe what's happening right in front of you. The whole magic and mystery of the universe is at play mm -hmm. like in every moment. Are you noticing that? <laughs> right. And how many times, I, I just can't even tell you myself how many times that I don't even go outside because it's raining or, or whatever and I'm working and, you know, I, and, and it's like, how much are we missing? But you don't even have to go outside. You can go upstairs and have lunch. Right. <laughs> you can go upstairs and, and fold the laundry and, and have the same, the same quality of experience. Um, yeah. You know what's funny is I, I can only, I can imagine, because of my own experience, like seeing Lauren recite these sutras. And at first I'm like, oh, come on. Right. You know, dude. Not everyone can live in the space that you're in, being ecstatic about this cup of tea or whatever. And then I realized, get over it. I mean, yes, yes I can, can be in this place of joy. Right? Why can't I live in this place? Exactly. What is the aspect of our minds or consciousness that try to limit that? And yes. say, oh, no, no, that you can't be like that. Or, right. That's not for you. Well, no. you know what you want. Go there. Right. And how many times you know, we, do uh, we not go there? We know what we want. Yeah. And go there in a really big way. Yeah. 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 And what is it about ourselves? What is it? Is it because we were the Puritan, you know, work hard, nose to the grindstone, you can't afford to, well, you know, what is it? Cultural baggage there that we have to cut through. This sense of like that if you deny you know, your senses in this world that somehow you'll be transported. But I, I think it was like, you know, in the next one, but I think Kabir, one of the Bhakti poets said, you know, if you don't free yourself from your chains in this life, do you think that ghosts will do it for you afterwards? You know, <laughs> it's like, it, the point yeah. is, is that yes, we, we all come from, you know, the same source. Like what's one of the things that says, you know, you know, rays of light from a billion suns, you know, uh, illuminate the altar of your sky. Yeah. Is that one of it? It's like you are really? filled with this yeah. incredible, you know, brilliance. How, how can you not see it? You Absolutely. Know? And to, to be in the world and be, have the courage to, to, you know, I, I picture myself walking through an airport right? and I may be drinking something and I'm thinking or whatever it is in that moment. I have right. this moment of like, I love my life. I love right. this, whatever I'm drinking. I love this moment of being here with all these people. Right. And you look around and everyone's like, her, mm -hmm. right. you know, and how do you, how can you express that joy right? and, 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 and just feel comfortable amongst right. people that are, you know, not right. in that place. It's funny, you know, like, Perhaps really the best solutions to what ails us are individual solutions in the sense that if you can become simply more mindful or joyful yourself, that radiates, that, that affects. Absolutely. But it's important as everybody does that, you know, it, it only really takes 
you know, a relatively small number of people to get that going. It's true. And, and once you start, you say, you know, you're in customer service line at the airport, let's say, and everyone's just grumbling and everything. Right. And you say, like Dave, Dave, who plays drums with me, yeah. always says, aren't we so lucky to be playing music for a living? Because <laughs> we've not slept for 24 hours and we're going through security. Right. And I'm like, and it's contagious. I say, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. <laughs> My back's not so heavy anymore. <laughs> There is this old song. I don't know whether it was a, 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 a spiritual or some old-timey song, and it was called um, Brighten the Corner Where You Are. Mm. Brighten the Corner Where You Are. Why not? Why not? It makes yeah. it makes for a much happier life. Yeah. So this so this music does that, you know? Yeah. And I think that's why we're I think we're that's why we're both making music. Exactly. Brighten the corners. Right. <laughs> Not hide our light under a bushel. Immerse yourself in the rapture of music. You know what you love, go there. Release yourself in the rapture of moment. You know what you love, go there. You know what you
Yeah, it's the work of a lifetime to uh, to to uncover all the reasons why, you know, we shouldn't go there. And it's too bad that sometimes it takes um, a life-changing event to make you feel like uh, you have permission. Um, you know, to do to do that. But so many people get a terminal diagnosis and then it's like, now I'm going to live my life because it's limited. Well, you know, we're all limited. We all have no we idea have when it's going to end. We all have it. Yeah. The thing is, my prayer all the time is let me get this before I get sick. Right. Yes. You really, please, God, don't. If that's my lesson, that's my lesson. But let me let me resonate. Let me be woken up by this music and let this make me more present and more grateful and joyful and not have to have that happen, you know, to be in a tragic situation where I wake up in the moment and fully present because I'm in this. Right. But, you know, the sutras even, there's some sutras that have you, you know, confront tragedy directly. Uh, Yeah. And, and, and say, well, if that's what's in front of you, like, let, let this space open for you. That will be done. Yeah. You know, use everything. Yeah. And bring this awareness to that moment. Right. Yeah. That's oh. the practice. Uh, it's so, we're, we all have that tendency to just kind of get lost in, uh, life. in, in life and in the flow that ev- a lot of other people are seeming to go in. Um, Which is why we need simply, often it's just a gentle reminder. Yeah. And like a song or a sutra can actually do that. That's its function is just to kind of gently nudge you and say, hey. You know, is this the only way you could be looking at things? Maybe you can, you know, look at it this way. And, and this is really who I am. Like when I read these words and this is how I feel about life. Right. This is how I feel. Right. You right. know, I am really a joyful spirit. Right. Even though my story and all these things that have happened, why can't I be joyful every day? Even right. when I wake up and I don't feel good. Right. How can I still find right. that gratitude and sing that song? Right. Well, you know, Donna, you've got little kids, right? I mean, how old are your children? They're five and ten, almost eleven. You know, I I used to teach preschool kids, and those kids, they have it. They have that joy, and um, it was a real reminder to me that this is the way we start, and then what happens? Um, we forget. We forget about how joyful life can be. Uh, it's not nurtured. I guess that joy is not nurtured. Um, I I'm, yeah, I'm right in that right now because I have a five-year-old and then 10, 11-year-old. That's almost six years difference. And right there is that difference of the one that's totally joyful, not judging. I mean, I could, I could be in the car and play any music for Lucy. Uh-huh. This is my song for the ocean. You know, this song raising awareness for the oceans and, and Sanskrit mantras and everything. And she's fine with it all. Now, Sophia... You know, she's just too cool for school. And <laughs> and you got to be, it's got to be exactly what she wants. And she's, you know, she's she's immersed in, even though we don't go to any kind of mainstream school, she is, is just part of this collective mainstream consciousness now. And she knows, she's very aware of what other people, she's very confident in herself, but what other people are doing and what they think and what is mm. proper and how to dress when you go out and whatever it is. And Lucy's just like wanting to be naked and, jump around in her ballet slippers and, you know, and I love that. And, and I'm holding on to this with her. But this you know she'll make the same life. journey. I know she will, but I'm <laughs> holding on to this, like, let's just dance. Like yesterday we were both sick and we stayed in bed, watched a movie. And then it's like, let's just put on this music and dance. Woo! You know, I could just be so silly with her. And I could, I could sing these songs. I could recite these poems and everything. And she's not going to roll her eyes right. or make 
you know, Sophia does this. When I put on my track, she goes, oh, I can imagine all the yoga people dancing like this. Oh, what oh. A, it is to have a groovy yoga mom. Oh. <laughs> That's the thing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. you have to, And I'm like, yeah, they're groovy yoga people. And they're, they're good. You know, they're okay with their bodies. And that's why they're dancing like that because they're joyful. And that's the way we're supposed to be. <laughs> but it's okay. She's got to go through her role, you know, her ego and the whole trip and go down her path. But I'm really, wow, I'm trying to just stay in my own joy. Right. And being a good example. But this doesn't go away because I find myself also limiting these things. I mean, I can be in these crazy joyful scenes and like and be cranky and have to remind myself, you know, dude, drop your judgment. No kidding. Just jump in, participate, you know. It's all good. And people feeling good. Hey, I'm happy for anyone who's feeling good. He's feeling it. Good for him. And that 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 transcendent joyful quality really belongs to everybody. And it does. In, in this way, you know, the, the sutras and kirtan and a lot of the philosophy of yoga belongs to everybody too. Mm-hmm. It's funny, there, there is a little, um, I occasionally get what I'll call Hindu hate mail, um, which is people writing, taking issue yeah. with how the contemporary yoga movement is popularizing and spreading these mantras, okay? And insisting that, that it's the property of India or the property of Hinduism, when in fact the message is one of universality and non-holding on, non-ownership. Yeah, and it know? was something before it was Hinduism anyway, so there's no... Right. There's no so, I mean, I know that Lauren yeah, has gotten some flack about the, I guess, um, vernacular sense of like the way he's translated yeah. it. The language is super accessible and, mm-hmm. and, and it's, in, it's in contagious that way. Um, but there are people who are like, that does not correct. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. it's this, that, or the other thing. I mean, for him to take something as simple as... I think the way that the sutra really translates is enjoy your food deeply, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah, if you're just yeah. literal and then he says, you know, and from that he pulls out, you know, eating dark chocolate, a ripe apricot, you know, we're just, we're bringing it into, so people can access that deep, that feeling for sure. Using the language now as well, yeah. you know? It, yeah. And it's a sense and it's a feeling and right. It can't be stuck in some museum. You know, and and there's a thousand versions of these things that could be done. I don't pretend to like know all of it or be authoritative, but I'm responding to something that moves me. And how I think many, Don is too. How many different people's definitions are there of Om Namah Shivaya? I mean, come on. Right. And, 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 Hare Krishna. I right. Mean, and it's gesturing toward that which is undefinable. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, it, and it's appealing to all of us, no matter whether we're Hindus or Christians or Catholics or Presbyterians, it hits something that is essentially human. Yeah. And that's what we, I feel like we need to do that with music now. That's the real, that's the unifying force of music. And we can do that. Right. It's beyond. Yes. We're going to these deep, deep places where maybe where all religion started from this place, this truth. Right. I mean, that's one. That's what we're trying to, to to touch on, and it's something that's profoundly experiential, and it happens in the individual, but yet it it gestures toward the universal. 
And, you know, another another way to to look at this, uh, Nina Rao brought this up when I interviewed her. And that Christian Das is playing in in India now and um, had a concert in Mumbai. And it was extremely well attended and people just love the music. And she thinks that it's because it, it links Indian people with their tradition that perhaps they've forgotten about. And if the Radiant Sutras are in a museum somewhere, and if they're translated exactly literally, um, how are they going to appeal to to people across the board, no matter no matter where they live, you know, I mean, as, as humans. And, um, you know, the fact that Kirtan and, and things like that are, are, are bringing Indians home to their own tradition. Mm. I think it's just a beautiful expression of the power of the music and the power of the verses to create, create emotions that are universally felt by all of us on this planet. Yeah, I agree. And I've also had the experience of many Indian people coming to Kirtan's or Sutra events and, and taking it the opposite tack from those who are trying to limit and mm-hmm. say, God bless you. Absolutely. This is fantastic. Like Indian people are so proud that a cultural aspect or philosophical aspect from, um, of their, their culture has become something that the world can use. Hmm. Um, that this is India's gift to the planet. This is India's gift to consciousness and culture. Um, sometimes I see Indian parents come and they bring their teenagers and they're like, you know, this is cool. Yeah, this is like, I want them to under our kids to understand how cool this is because (laughs) when we put it it in terms of like the old country and everything, they're like, mom, we're Americans, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, but their kids can access this in a way that they understand it as being modern and, and part of like current culture. And get them to identify with the truth that is in this. It's right. truth. It doesn't really even and belong the joy to anyone anyway. And the fun. Yeah. You know? It, it's like this is an approach to spirituality, which is not about, like, flagellating yourself <laughs> or, you know, like, you know, um, all of these things that you have to give up in everything. It's profoundly affirmative. In every moment, everything we're doing is a spiritual experience. Right. Everywhere we are. Right. Yeah. Well, it invites us to play. It invites us to join in the play. And and um, I personally find it difficult to play. And I I don't know whether that's a Western thing or whether it's a me thing, or but a you grown know, up thing, exactly. You know. Or a what? Or what? Or a grown up thing. Or a grown up thing, right? A grown up thing that what we can't play anymore. But. Um, they invite us to play, not just not just play with the words and what they open up in our own lives, but the whole play of the Leela, everything that is being presented to us. And and why not drink it in, take it in and and be be with it in instead of being so busy that we don't even notice. Be wildly devoted to someone or something. Cherish every perception. At the same time, forget about control. Allow the beloved to be himself and to change. Passion and compassion, holding and letting go. Passion and compassion, holding and letting go. 
future in which more people actually directly participate in art mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like being consumers part of, of their it. life no right matter what, if you're it, a mathematician it, right. it's like you're gonna go to the jam and right you it's something that everybody's understood to to have an artist in themselves and and we participate in things in order to cultivate that quality in ourselves. I mean that's why um, for example, I do these Kirtan flight schools that invite people to come and participate mm-hmm. and actually learn how to, you know, turn, um, oh, even like a, you know, an old water bottle or pots and pans and that you've got something that's musical that can allow you to and support. This is your, your talent. I mean, I've never been to your flight school and I'd love to go. But you give people, you allow them that, you give them that permission. It's really beautiful. It's yeah, it's risky though too, because at first time I thought I was yeah. going to completely fail, you know, because my thesis is everybody's got a musician inside them. Most people just don't know it, and then you see somebody who can, has having trouble clapping one, two, three, mm-hmm. four, and, and I think, what am I going to do with this, you know? But the truth is, is that there is music in everybody. I haven't been proved wrong, and we're able to. Um, in the space of a few days, um, pull the musicality out of people in which they actually create music with each other. And that is a very joyful process. People have told me it's incredibly meaningful for them. And it's helped to spawn a lot of little kirtan bands all over the place. Now, the sutras themselves are an extension of that because mm-hmm. we're saying you are an ecstatic beat poet. You know, I love you it. I can rock these yeah. words, you know, over. You can work with the band and get in front of a crowd. Oh, how cool. How cool. I can't I can't wait to see this and you know I'm well, you know, I'm taking your flight school after the Denver Chant Fest. <laughs> so, um, you can stay for 4 days. Oh, talk with kids. Boulder and then I got to get back. I know. We're trying an urban flight school for the first time. Usually this happens in a retreat. I mean, I'm doing a, a, a one in Esalen uh, at Esalen, which is a fantastic spiritual retreat in California. Uh, toward the end of May, but that's residential. What we're doing in Denver is it's a commuter model. So people go home at night, but they come in and and work during the day and into the evening. When does it start? What day does it start? It starts Monday, uh, doesn't it? Monday the 17th of February. The idea of the Denver Chant Fest is to 
both connect and cultivate the local community, which is really rocking and vibrant with the national scene, which is also rocking and vibrant. Mm -hmm. And in a very short period of time, Kirtan has become really international culture. And um, it occurs, the the Denver Chant Festival occurs in this beautiful, venerable old building with like all this gilded carving. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. It's a gorgeous place and it's a very accessible place to come. Um, And, it's right in the middle of the city, um, as opposed to involving people traveling a long distance. So mm-hmm. it's also part of making things very accessible. And they've got a wide range of different takes on um, on what Kirtan is, ranging from you know uh, Jayutal, who's a little bit more grounded in 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 Indian classical and Hindu mm-hmm. tradition, to C.C. White, our friend who you know, is coming at it from a gospel angle mm-hmm. to, you know, Donna and I rocking the sutras and um, and inflecting it with elements of, you know, dance or folk or, you know, or jazz, you mm-hmm. know. Um, all, all of this is fair game. Really, chant has become a very lively, modern form that that is quickly absorbing and synthesizing influences and, and we're watching it in real time pra- it's praise music you know yeah. and we're giving praise yeah. it is it's it is praise music that's the easiest way to 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 explain it to people who don't know what it is or i'll tell them that it's transcend all the mantras that were given to us in transcendental meditation set to music but people don't realize what an indie music scene what a, i mean it's such a vibrant indie music scene and so many of those artists are going to be represented. Well, MC Yogi is, I mean, he's hip hop. That, that's going to be Friday night. So, so it. many different styles and approaches are going, are, are offered, which I think is so beautiful. Yeah. 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 Um, and it is indeed too, because it's actually happening in a very grassroots way. I mm-hmm. mean, there's a few record companies involved in this white swan, Montreology, you know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But by and large, it's driven from the grassroots and by the mm-hmm. artists themselves, um, which which makes it uh, not some kind of artificial commercial creation. It, it's it's really a spontaneous movement of the collective consciousness. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's wonderful to to watch it grow and um, and 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 to be part of it as it's grown has been remarkable. So. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm really looking forward to whatever you guys create in Denver. It's going to be beautiful. And looking forward to your flight school, Dave. That's going to be fun. I, I think it's just going to be a really beautiful, beautiful See, week. i got to go change yeah. my ticket so I can stay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, Donna, that would be great. And, and I just want to thank you both so much for being on today. It was great to talk to you about this stuff. Oh, it's a blast. We, um, oh, yeah. I, I really enjoy it. Uh, and I think uh, I'm really looking forward to doing a lot of, of welcoming a lot of people into these absolutely uh, yes. sutras and uh, showing more people how they're inherently musical, artistic, and spiritual. <laughs> well, okay. It's always so great to talk to you, and I can't wait to hang out with you in Denver. Oh, Donna, it will be fun. I can't wait. And I know you have to get off, but um, it, it was really great to talk to you, and I look forward to seeing you next month. Okay. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. You too.